you want some food, I'll be happy to make you some breakfast. I'd kill for some waffles. He has. Remember the IHOP in Oakland? <laughs> hey, this is a lot better than that rancid filth we find in the dumpsters. Thank you, Ramrod. Marge, how did you get my jacket so clean? I've tried everything to get those blood and puke stains out. I've tried hitting them. I've tried yelling at them. All it takes is the right cleanser and a little elbow grease. Do you have anything that will get this emblem back on my jacket? I tried spitting at it, you know, but... Just put it on my sewing pile. Okay, I'm doing another load of bandanas. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode BABF05. It is Take My Wife's Sleaze. I am Dando. And I am Guy. Hello, all you listeners out there. Hope you are doing very well in your uh, social isolation or your solitary confinement or however you are getting through this particular time in history. I saw you got to like day 70 running now. You're absolutely smashing it, man. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say smashing it. I mean, uh, I was actually out yesterday and there was some, let's say, a rather heavy said gentleman out running with his dog and I could not catch him. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that, gives, that gives some indication of like, I'm, I'm not out there sprinting or anything like that. I'm just out, you know, just I'm doing the road work. I'm putting in the, uh, putting in the half hours, not the hours, just the half hours. I, think I, I don't think I'm out longer for half an hour when I'm out, run, out running. At least, at least you're moving, that's all. At least I'm moving, breaking a bit of a sweat. And, um, you know, sort of burning off some of the delivery that I'm getting in. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also also good to get out there and get a bit of, yeah, just a bit of fresh air. Yeah, definitely, because uh, it's been lovely weather lately. Except, oh, I guess on the weekend it's a bit shit. But anyway, um, I need to apologise to the listeners if you can hear crying. I've got a kid next door just outside the window here screaming its head off. I don't know what, I, what about, but I've got Ali who's just woken up. He's screaming his head off. Nicholas screaming her head off because, you know, whatever. And well, um, yeah, yeah so, so I apologise. When in Rome, for all the screaming. Yeah. yes. <laughs> now, two things. So I want to kick off by saying we just recently passed Cancer Awareness Week, and I thought, you know, um, being it was Cancer Awareness Week, I'd give myself the old feel test, and I had a bit of a feel, mm-hmm. and I felt a bit of a lump last week. And I Ooh. thought, ooh, well, this is um a bit of a worry because I looked it up, and testicular cancer. I'm right in the um. The age demo that tends to get it between the ages. In the danger zone. Yeah, between 25 and 35 is when it you know happens the most. And I thought, okay, well, this is not great. But, you know, at least I've felt something so I can go get it tested. And mm-hmm. went to the doctors and unfortunately, or whatever, it was a, a female nurse. And so I had to drop my pants and she had a feel. And um, she said, oh, not, not too sure about it. But, you know, we'll, we'll go get, we'll get an ultrasound anyway. So for three or four days, I was pretty stressed out. I just you know, came to the conclusion, I've got cancer and I'm going to die. As, as you do when these things happen, I'm just a worrywart. Yes. But I went for the ultrasound yesterday and it's all clear. It's all good. So I just wanted to remind listeners that it is very important that you, for the male listeners especially, go out and get checked. Um, don't mm. think that you're too tough because you're not. It's nothing wrong. I was a little bit embarrassed going to the doctors to get her to feel around me down there but you know it's just it's just part of the job she had the uh, obviously there's nothing there there's nothing to worry about now but i'm so glad that i went and got it done so recommend all you listeners out there 
have a feel, just go get the test done because it is so worth it, the peace of mind knowing that it's okay. We are all very relieved that uh, the little Dandos are uh, in fighting form. That is good news. Dando is, is very, very correct to all you tough guys out there. If you think you're, you know, too macho or whatever to uh, actually, you know, see to yourself properly medically, you know, you look after your car, don't you? Do your private parts, do you value them more than you do your car? Yes. So <laughs> I, I would say you do. <laughs> so, you know, get yourself seen to, you know, get your body and your mind seen to it just as you would anything else. Exactly right. Yeah. So like I said, it's for peace of mind, just go get it done. It's 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 the best thing you can possibly do. I feel so much better having had it done. Yes. And plus you get to you get to get a stranger poking around in your privates. I mean, yeah. normally you've got to pay good money for that. <laughs> it was like it's funny because I was at the doctors and um you have to wait outside now at the clinic um because they don't actually see everybody face to face. They call you up, ask what's wrong and if it's bad, they'll let you come in. If not, they'll just say, you know, just go get this, go get that. So I said, oh, I felt a bit of a lump and she goes, oh, well, you'll have to come in and get that done. So I call up Nicola and I'm like, oh, she says I'm going to have to go in there and get it looked at. And Nicola goes, she? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. And it, to be completely honest, it felt weird. Even though it was just a doctor doing doctor things, it felt strange. Well, you tend to reserve what's in your uh, in your pants for, you know, the, the special person in your life. I mean, you don't want a stranger sort of poking around there, unless you like strangers poking around down there. But, I mean, a lot of people don't. But to quote this episode, you know, eh, none of us find you sexually attractive, Dando. <laughs> well, good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, like, yeah, so I went for the ultrasound and... um. He, what it was, and it, it might sound gross, but what it was was uh, just enlarged veins. And apparently, one in three guys get it. It's, it's most guys get it and don't even realize they've got it. But that's what I had. Not everyone feels around downstairs as much as you do, Dando. No, apparently not. Apparently not. But um, he did say to me, the only issues that will come from this can potentially mean that you have trouble conceiving. Oh, and I said to him, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's obviously not an issue because, as you're aware, Mr. Davis, my wife Nicola and I are expecting our second child. Yeah! More dandos in the world! Yes, yes. So, Elliot is going to have a little sister. Congratulations, Dando. Congratulations, Nicola. Congratulations, little Elliot. And, yeah, congratulations to the whole Dando clan. It's marvellous, marvellous news. It's, um, it's pretty exciting because this is what I've always wanted, one of each at least. And then if I want to have a third... I know it sounds silly, but now it doesn't really matter what it is, you know, because you've got one of each. True. (laughs) You collect the whole set. No, no. (laughs) It's it's very good that that, that it's worked out this way, but it's it's just terrific news in general. Very, very happy for everyone under the Dando roof. Um, This is not as big news as that, but it is still baby-related. About 30 seconds before we started talking today, uh, I got a text message from my sister, Prue, who informed me that her daughter, Georgie, my niece, has just given birth to her first daughter, uh, her first child, uh, an eight-pound girl named Mackenzie. So oh, good, um, good size. Yeah, I, I, I am apparently now a great-uncle. Um, this is Georgie and Ricky's That's great, I guess. first child. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am very, very happy for them both. Georgie and Ricky are wonderful kids, and they are going to be terrific parents, so... Um, Congratulations, Congratulations to them. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's always it's always great hearing positive news like this. A new child. It it's, it's never a, it's never a bad thing hearing news of a, a healthy new child being brought into this world. That is correct. 
And in even better news, I don't know, I bought a new TV on the weekend. Oh, you did? What'd you get? I did. I got a kick-ass 55-inch Samsung uh, QLED uh, HDR or whatever it is. About fucking time. Because I know. <laughs> you had a, you had a, it bothered me that you had a 4K player but not a 4K television. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. Man. So, uh, thought, yeah, it, it's time so I can sync all this uh, business up. And uh, first thing I did was... Um, Broke out my 4K disc of Avengers Infinity War and said, let's see how this looks. And yes, it looked a lot better. So um, <laughs> you could you could tell my priorities are all the way because I'm getting a lot more excited about this new TV than I am about a new addition to the Davis family. <laughs> more, more Davis DNA in the world. But um, look, pretty happy with the new TV, I've got to tell you that much. <laughs> well, congratulations on both fronts. <laughs> <laughs> what what wonderful new arrivals. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, take my wife's sleaze. Uh, I mentioned last week that I had very little memory of this episode. I just remembered that they had a bike fight at the end. Marge gets taken away by a bike gun. I thought this was a lot of fun. The ending was a bit wacky. I think a bit of um, a trend in season 11 is that the episodes tend to... They tend to peak early. I thought this episode was another one of those where it was at its funniest in the first act and a half or so. It was, um, but, yeah. But, but, but still, nothing... Nothing was as offensive as like when Maggie went out and saved Homer in the ocean. Like there was wackiness in the sense of having the the bicycle lightsaber fight and whatnot. But all in all, I really really enjoyed this episode. I look, I looked, I thought it was perfectly fine. I'm not about to, uh, you know, say it's an all time Simpsons classic. But look, I got a few a uh, few good giggles out of it. There's some, as I'm want to enjoy, a few little sort of nice little throwaway gags in there. But uh, I would call it minor Simpsons. But look. Even minor Simpsons is not bad Simpsons. As well, far I think as we're, not, we're not going to have classic Simpsons anymore. I mean, the, the, that 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 year has passed. You're going to have the occasional really oh. good episode, but no, on on the whole, you're not going to get consistent classics now. So I think if they can still pump, keep pumping out stuff like this, I'm going to be happy. Oh yeah, look, it's it's you know 20 minutes and change of a few a few smirks, a few smiles, a few chuckles. Hey, what more do you want out of life? Probably, what a was lot, good? probably a lot more, actually. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're watching an episode of The Simpsons, yeah, that's still pretty good. <laughs> but what, what I liked was they had guest stars who weren't just playing themselves. I thought Henry Winkle and John Goodman were fantastic. True. Now, I mean, let's see. This is 1999 when this came out. I mean, when did, when did Arrested Development happen? Well, that would have been about 2002, right? Yeah, because, I mean... Yeah, Henry Winkler was kind of well. I think you're still known as pretty much for the Fonz at this stage, and he hadn't really re- 2003. Yeah, he hadn't really reinvented himself as this um, as this comedic actor. I mean, I think well, he, he, was well, he, of- he did he did the Waterboy in '98. Okay, true, and uh, he also had his cameo in Scream a few years earlier, which was kind of yeah, uh, yeah, playing that playing into the whole nerdy nervous thing that he seems to do very well yeah. now. Yeah. But, which um, is not what, which is not what the character of Ramrod was at all. No, not really. But I mean, for so long, you know, Henry Winkler was just synonymous with the Fonz from Happy Days. You know, and, you know, the coolest guy on TV. Although you rewatch, you know, Happy Days now, it's like, who is this cut-rate, you know, Marlon Brando and the Wild One wannabe who's hanging out with a bunch of high school nerds and you know, has an office in the toilet? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Was he but, actually seen as cool that character? Oh, in the, in, look, in, in in pop culture, or was it just on the show he was seen as cool? I think in pop culture he was. I mean, okay. look, I was I was only very young when Happy Days 
came out. But yeah, I mean, I remember as a single digit kid occasionally watching Happy Days going, well, that guy in the black leather jacket on the bike is the coolest. And <laughs> and Henry Winkler's, a, you know, a, a, a talented guy, but not necessarily a sort of a go-to for, for coolness. Not at all. It's particularly when you see his comedic roles. Like you said before, he's always like the nervous sort of timid guy. Yeah, in Arrested Development or in Barry. I mean, he's really good in that show, Barry, that's on um, on Foxtel on HBO in the States. And uh, yep. yeah, but generally playing these sort of, yeah, either uptight or uh, sort of deluded people who, who think they're a lot sort of cooler and more and more together with it than they actually are. So, but I really liked his work in this. And, you know, I really like John Goodman in this because it is pretty much a rock solid you know, down from the mountains, commandment. John Goodman is good in everything. He's the yeah. most aptly named actor there is, John Goodman. He's good, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was pretty dorky, but I mean, it, but it's true. I mean, it was very, uh, very Saul Goodman of you. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if John Goodman's ever given like a bad performance. Uh, no, even and, his dancing Cody Ugly was great. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, uh, last night I was watching. Um, Watch Cloverfield, right? I did, yeah. I was sort of going through the shelves trying to find some stuff I hadn't seen in a while. I was like, oh, Cloverfield. Yeah, that'll do the trick. And that got me thinking about 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is kind of a bit of a sequel. It's yeah, semi-related. But John Goodman's yeah. in that and gives an incredibly good performance. And I remember watching that back a few years ago and thinking, this guy never fails to deliver. He's always good. And um, he's... Paul Giamatti's the same, I think. Paul Giamatti's the same. Yeah, yeah. But I mean... Even in this, just you know, there's there's nothing to the character. Henry Winkler's Ramrod. Who does he play? Is he Bonesaw or Hacksaw or? Oh, John, John Goodman is Meathook. Meathook. I knew it was one of those implements. But <laughs> um, even in this, he's kind of like, geez, you've got good comic timing, and you've you've given this guy a bit of personality. There's nothing to him on the page, but he's kind of like, you know, he's a guy who, you know, who clearly likes a fight and likes the biker lifestyle, but he's also kind of. No, no, sweet and polite underneath it. And Goodman makes you believe all of that. So, yeah, it's something I very much enjoyed. I think he was at his best when he was playing the um, the softer side of the bikey when Homer was trying to beat him up. And he's, Mr. Yeah. Simpson, what do I do <laughs> now? Do. Yeah. <laughs> also, I thought this episode had one of the most, and I posted this in the group and I posted it on the main page as well, one of the sweetest little montages. The, da- the father and son one. Yeah, between Bart and Homer, it's a little song by called Marmalade and Mayonnaise, written by NRBQ specifically for this clip. Um, so a lot of fans actually wrote in there saying, "Oh, thank you for explaining that," because for so long they've been trying to find the full version of this song because I've heard mm. it on The Simpsons. But no, it's all that exists is just that forty-second clip. Um, because Mike Scully was good friends with NRBQ, the band. Um, they actually make their first on-screen appearance in this episode at the at there's a popper popper wheelies or something they're called. That that's what the um the bar's called, but they've also appeared in other episodes like Sunday Cruddy Sunday, Maximum Homer Drive, and they actually sang um in the episode that you appeared on, they sang the cover of the Beatles "Can't Buy Me Love." That was them. Yeah. See, that's the thing I had never heard of NRBQ before this. Yeah, a lot of pe- a lot of people I'm assuming haven't. Yeah, but yeah. um, but yeah, now this little tune, marmalade and mayonnaise, nice. I thought it was just so so nice. <laughs> Well, you are you are the uh, the father of a son. Of course, that's going to sort of hit home for you. Soon to be the father of a daughter as well. Um, yeah, I think it's only natural that uh, something like this would, uh, yes, strike a chord with you, Dando. But yeah, you're right. It was a very sweet little moment. I think did you, you like the little framing of um, Homer and uh, Bart in the moon in the end? Didn't you? 
Yeah, but I, my favorite part about the whole montage was the bike just for some reason going flying up into the air through the roof. <laughs> that <laughs> was fun. Was that the was that the Flanders roof or just just any old that, roof? That was that was that was Simpson's roof. Yeah, that yeah, was his own roof. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's through his own roof. Maybe it was Flanders roof. I, for some reason, I thought it was his own roof. But just they were they were both very amused by it, which made yeah. me think <laughs> it possibly was bad luck, Flanders. That would make it even funnier. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Hey, my favorite. Now, before we get into our favourite moments, we need to remind listeners that this episode is brought to you by our $20 patrons, Jordan, Mom and Richie, Christopher Darby, Nick Barbaro and Andrew Zer. Thank you so much, guys. And our new $5 plus patron gets himself a shout out. Goes out to John. Just John. Just John. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, so- one, one name, but uh, just, $5. just a hero in our heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One name, five bucks. Good on you. <laughs> thank you for saving uh, me there, Dando. <laughs> yeah, th- thank you for your support, guys. Much appreciated. Remember, if you want to get a bunch of exclusive content, just go to patreon.com slash four-figure discount. Your support is much appreciated. Uh, my favorite moment, besides the uh, the montage, which I thought was just beautiful, um, I loved Homer's sexy growl in the circle of death. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. Didn't uh, didn't Meathook sort of do a, a an angry growl? <laughs> no, Homer's just kind of like... Arr. Yeah, yeah. See, I've never been able to do that growl, but you can do it. It's really uh, impressive. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is and one of my it is one of my many boudoir tricks. And I also loved uh, the many different vehicles in Homer's Hell Satan's. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, what was Mo? Mo was riding some ancient clapped out bike that looked like an old Indian or something like that, which looked pretty good. There was just a, a normal bicycle, which was Flanders was on, like a girl's a hurt, bicycle. Yeah, a Hertz scooter and a ride-on mower. So, yeah, nice work by there by the Hell Satans. Yeah, yeah. What was your favourite moment? Um, look, I, I talked extensively, probably far too long, about John Goodman and Henry Winkler before, and I liked what they brought to the table. Um, just in terms of, like, one single little bit, I don't know. I like that Rod and Todd were kind of pervs. <laughs> that was so creepy, wasn't it? <laughs> they were watching, yeah, having watching Lisa take her outside bath or out, out, outside shower or whatever, and like, no, we're not. And yeah, yes, just little creeps. You can, you can kind of buy into it though. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you, you, you seriously imagine them doing it, little weirdos. But um, yeah, yeah, great moments. Next question: You there eating the paste? Already, it's time for some trivia. Uh, this week, I will let you commence, Mister Davis. Go for it. Oh, right Oh, Outside the church, um, mm-hmm. they have a sign sort of, you know, talking about that week's, that Sunday's sermon or whatever. Do you remember the title of that sermon? I believe it would be There's Something About the Virgin Mary. That is correct, sir. <laughs> nice one. Very, very topical for 1999. A lot of 1999 references in this. We'll, we'll get to that when we sort of go through it all. But I mean, yeah. uh, Even though that film was 98, but still it was relevant. Like that, that film was really big when it came out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We're still talking about it in 99. So. Yeah. Uh, what year model was the Harley Davidson that Homer won? Oh, man. Um, was it a 55? Correct. Well done, sir. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't One point each. Who will win? Mm. When Flanders suggests that the uh, Hell Satans maybe take a new name, one that's a little less blasphemous, what does Mo suggest? Uh, Christ punches? <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> How funny is that? <laughs> I, think, I think Lenny was saying uh, the devil's pals. And then yeah, Mo, yeah, yeah. They are the Christ punches. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what morning was Homer watching the Rebel Without a Cause knockoff? 
It was Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, yes. Wow, we're on fire this week, aren't we? We're doing all right. When Marge is um, (laughs) perhaps unwillingly or unwittingly uh, presented as this month's cycle slut, (laughs) what are her turn-offs? There are three. You only have to name two. Uh, Justice? What? That's one of them. Um, ah, shit. Shit, 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 shit. Nah, damn it, you got me. What were the other ones? Okay. The other two were pedestrians and underpants. (laughs) Underpants? (laughs) Uh, Can we just agree that regardless of what year it is and what we're watching it on, the word slut on the screen is a little startling. A Particularly little bit, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think one of, our, one of our patron pals actually brought that up, and yeah, I mean, I believe yeah, it was Jasper it, that brought that up. Yeah, yes, it's it's a little confronting, certainly. I mean, it's not a word one likes to drop in in polite society, or even so much as a gag these days. I mean, uh, I remember Thirty Rock dropped it a few years ago now on on one episode. Like, I think you know Tina Fey said something about. Oh, now here's this hot slut, and you know, of course, and I think the joke was that she's sort of saying this inappropriate thing about this person who's not really that much of a hot slut. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of like, mm, yeah, I think I that's think, a word. Uh, I think that's a word we can kind of file away for you know, not really used for comedic purposes as much these days. I don't think in the states it's as offensive as what it is here. I remember when I was watching wrestling growing up, The Rock used to call. Uh, Stephanie McMahon, a slut, and like the crowd would call her slut. That like she was like her nickname was she was a slut. Whoa! But like, but like in in the states that was okay, but in Australia they had to censor that out because it's the word slut, and I don't well, even like yeah. saying the word, so I'm going to stop saying it now. But you know, it's just um yeah, just just seeing that word on The Simpsons just sort of went. Eh, I don't think they'd want to do that anymore. <laughs> no, true. I mean, look, compared to the way that uh, look some motorcycle clubs treat their uh, female. Members and associates, that's probably a polite way. <laughs> but, yeah, probably, um, yeah. But look, this we are talking in a, an episode that was over 20 years ago. That is yeah. true. My next question is, where are the original Hell Satans based? Uh, they're at a Bakersfield. Correct. They are indeed. You're smoking this week. I'm doing all right, doing all right. Now, here's one for you, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, when... Homer goes to see Chief Wiggum to, uh, yes, get the actual Hell Satans uh, out of his house. Uh, Chief Wiggum has <laughs> a piece of advice that's, that he uses, or, or a motto that he lives by in situations like this. Four simple words. Do you remember it? Oh, it's, it's something on the lines of, let me, it's going to come to me. I really want to get this. There's something on the lines of, can't someone else do it? Um, it is... Uh, Oh, shit, 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 shit. Am I going to okay. get it? No, I'm not going to get it. Damn it, what is it? Let Michigan handle it. Let Michigan handle it, yes. I knew, I knew it was like someone else, yeah. Yeah, because they want, <laughs> they want it in many states, the uh, the Hell Satans. That is true. Uh, and my final question is, mm-hmm. who will be at the Biker Jamboree? Which celebrity? It's Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke, the wrestling yes, no, himself. Noted, noted uh, motor, motorcycle riding actor, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, he, yes. he was quite, yeah. He actually appeared in a movie called Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Did he really? Okay. Yes. It's, it's not a very good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a terrific title, but it's a terrible movie. My, my question, my, do I have one more question? 
You got one more question, yeah. Okay, then. Uh, and it is related to that. That biker jamboree that you mentioned, where is that being held? I believe that's South Dakota. That is correct, sir. Yes. I was All also right. going to throw in the trivia question for you. One last one was the uh, wh- where were they camping? Oh, they were at Crystal Lake, when they- <laughs> Yeah, Crystal Lake <laughs> Campgrounds, yeah. <laughs> Noted stomping ground of Friday the 13th's Jason Voorhees. From this day forward, your names will be... Alrighty, new names for this week. I'm just going to run through the leaderboard before we commence. So, in first position, we have Geroid Garode Gear Harahill yeah. on 10 points. He is four points ahead of second, who is Andrew Parker on six. And in third position, we have... Actually, sorry. He is three points ahead of second position, Jimmy Ferruja, who's on seven. And Andrew Parker is in third position on six. All right, so all right. what have we got this week? Okay, we've got to look, some, some good work uh, from the patrons, uh, some... Excellent new names. We've got a few honourable mentions here. Neil Parks uh, actually has two that he came up with, but I think he was just, he had variations on a theme. I think he saw the word biker and yeah, I thought, that sounds a bit like Baker. So he came up with the fabulous Biker Boys and Biker Street, both of which mm-hmm. are not bad, mm-hmm. but they fall just outside the top three. Nicola is very good at playing Baker Street and the saxophone, just FYI. Oh, for real? Yeah, Nicola is an awesome saxophone player. She used to be in a band. Oh, I can see that. Why, I, honestly, that's why you'd marry someone. Yeah. You play Baker Street <laughs> well, on the sax. That's on, awesome. on our on our first date. She um she played Paradise by the Dashboard Light. <laughs> I was that, like, yeah, keep up. And you and you just <laughs> went head over heels from there. <laughs> what what other notable mentions we got? Because John Goodman was in uh, the 1998 hit The Big Lebowski, the cult hit The mm. Big Lebowski, uh, we had a couple of sort of semi-references to that. Um, one was The Big Lebowski by Andrew, did, now forgive me if I mispronounce this, Pelachati? I, d- I did like this one. That was a good name, that one. I thought that was pretty good, as was The Dude Arides by Jonathan mm-hmm. Rossi. Nice work by both you gentlemen. Uh, Honourable mentions to you both. You're both men of honour. But... Uh, the top three for this episode. Starting with number one, it's Alistair Danik with Chopper Alistair. by the Dozen. That's, I like that. <laughs> Chopper by the Dozen's pretty good, pretty good. Alistair Danik makes his first appearance in the new names. Mm-hmm. Well done, sir. Two points go to Andrew Parker. Oh, he's climbing back up. He's on eight. He's on eight. Yeah, he's in second position now. He, he earned those two points with Harley and me, which I thought was pretty sweet. Yeah, that is pretty sweet. Yes. I still but, haven't watched that movie because everyone tells me I won't be able to handle the ending. <laughs> if you're, well, oh, you've got the lovely jet, you know, the lovely friendly pooch jet. So yeah, I mean, I think watching Marley and Me would kind of make you, mm, yes, get a bit, uh, bit weepy. Yes, okay. You're a hu- you're a human being with a soul. Of course, you're going to get a bit weepy. <laughs> now, and number one, what do we got? Uh, for three points. Now, I don't know if this uh, this chap is actually. This might be his first uh, his debut on appearance. Ooh, uh, but it's Scott, it's Scott Keogh with the very simple but very effective Simpsons of Anarchy. Simpsons of Anarchy. Oh, Do you see well what I'm played, sir. It, it's simple but effective. It is. I mean, we, yeah. I think we had a few variations on sort of Sons of Anarchy and that kind of thing this time around. But Simpsons of Anarchy, it's like that's two great tastes that taste great together. Three points to Scott Keogh. I legit think that that could be a title they would have actually run with. That was an episode today. That's, yeah. I mean, when did Sons of Anarchy start? That was like... Oh, like 2006. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But so yeah, if I'm they were a- doing it today, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. 
Well, well done, patrons. Thanks for contributing to this week's new name. Just run through the leaderboard once more. So still in first position on 10 points, but his lead has been cut in half. So we've got Gear in first position on 10. Andrew Parker climbs up from third to second on eight. And Jimmy Faruja is in third on seven points. Oh, my I'm God. Really, the excitement is killing me. I'm really digging the new uh, new name uh, leaderboard. It's a, a good a good uh, addition to the to the segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm on all for that. Um, and not far behind the leaders, by the way, just a good reminder, guys, Christopher Darby's on five points, so he's not too far out of that top three. Got a few others on three points as well. We've got Jordan Mulman, Richie, Dave Abbott-Smith, Brendan Allen, Scott Keogh, all on three, and a few others on one point. So keep sending those new names in, guys, and maybe you can get up and catch Gearoid and uh, knock him off the top of his perch. Yeah, that lousy gear. Thinks he's so cool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, gear, you are actually quite cool. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, we'll be back in a moment with the review of Take My Wife's Sleeves after the break. All right, guys, this isn't really a, uh, an advertisement. It's more of just a public service announcement to let you guys know that, um, you know that podcast, Talking Seinfeld, that I'm always talking about here on Four Finger Discount? Um, it's been behind a paywall up until now, but actually what we're going to do is offer it for free. So if you want to check it out, you can go to talkingseinfeld.podbean.com. Um, the only catch is that if you're a patron, you can be several weeks ahead. So all the episodes that we've done so far, we're now just started season two. All the episodes we've done so far are now available on Patreon. Uh, you know, the usual patreon.com slash forefinger discount. <laughs> and you can get access to it there. Or if you just want to, you know, listen to it for free, that's perfectly fine as well. I would love for each and every one of you listening right now to check it out. Um, talkingseinfeld.podbean.com. Even if you're not a fan of Seinfeld, I think you might even at least enjoy Guy and I talking about this show. We really love Seinfeld. And hopefully we can win you guys over as well. So talkingseinfeld.podbean.com. Um, just we, we follow the same sort of uh, layout as Four Finger Discount. You know, you've got the trivia and all the extra stuff. It's a bit of fun. So yeah, talkingseinfeld.podbean.com. Available now on Spotify, iTunes, all the usual places. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you so much for your support over the last five years. It truly means the world to me. Um, yeah, I would really love if you could check out Talking Seinfeld as well. Um, but yeah, hope you enjoy our review of Take My Wife's Sleeves. And uh, have a great weekend, guys, and uh, stay safe. Love you all. Take My Wife Sleaze originally aired in the States on November 28th, 1999. We've almost hit the year 2000. Uh, the chalkboard gag is, I can't see dead people, as yes. that was like the catchphrase that everyone was saying at that point in time. That's true. The, the Sixth Sense, from which that, uh, that saying comes from, uh, was released only a few months earlier, August 1999. Oh wow! So it's pretty, yeah, pretty relevant. Um, and the couch gag was the um the couch as the paper shredder shreds up the Simpsons. So the episode kicks off with the family watching the Guinness Book of World Records. This reminded me of back when I was younger. I used to watch the um the Guinness World Records show on Channel Ten. <laughs> I don't think I ever saw that one. I always remember. I always remember the woman who could make her eyeballs come out of her head further than anybody else. <laughs> Look, did you ever see I, that? I, I can, can see why you would not forget that. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> that seems quite memorable. I, there's, pe- there's people who can make their eyeballs like move forward out of their skull. I know there are people who can do that. Uh, I've never experienced one in real life, and I've probably, whenever I've seen one on the internet or on TV, I tend to either I don't know, throw my computer out the window or just turn the TV off. <laughs> that, that kind of thing just weirds me out. When you know, when someone looks like. Arnold at the end of Total Recall, like, and the, you know, the eyes <laughs> popping out and shit. It's, yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> I, I'm terrible with eyes. I just can't look at them. If, if someone gets something in their eye and they say, can you have a look for me and get it out? I just can't do it. And I've got a, a friend who used to always lift his eyelids up. Oh, it was just, uh, oh, I almost had to like stop being his friend because he used to I, do it just to bother me. 
Yeah. Eye trauma doesn't worry me that much. I think the one, the body part that really sort of does my head in, in that kind of thing is fingernails. Any fingernail trauma, you know, depicted in like a movie or something like that, or even worse, in real life, is just... Like, like a torture no. scene or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, even in, you know that Natalie Portman movie, Black Swan? There's a scene in that oh, where... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a scene in it where her mother is clipping her fingernails and, you know, getting a bit too intense with it. And you can see she's just going to... She's going to cut one way too close. And even that's kind of like, oh, no, don't do it. Don't <laughs> I, do it. I hate, this, I hate the sound of nails getting clipped. It's the worst. Oh, everyone yeah. think about it um, yes, but they're watching, not. So they're watch- let's move on <laughs> so they're watching the show and um, they see the ad for Greaser's Cafe reminded me of do you remember when that cafe Jack Rabbit was it Jack Rabbit in Geelong the 50s style cafe the diner it was Johnny Johnny Rockets Johnny Rockets that's the one fuck I don't yeah. know why I called thinking of Jack Rabbit th- yeah Johnny Rockets you're thinking of yeah. Jack Rabbit Slims from Pulp Fiction ah oh, of course yeah 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 um, but yeah Johnny Rockets I never actually got to go to it, and it didn't last very long. Um, it for, didn't. for some reason, for for some reason, I feel like maybe it came a little bit too early because the whole nostalgia thing is just—it's the thing now. Everyone loves their good dose of nostalgia. Mm. Maybe the maybe the world just wasn't ready for it back in the, the mid nineties. Oh, I, I think that um, well, there was a Johnny Rockets in Melbourne. I think. Okay, I think, so it was a franchise. I think it had done really well. So it wasn't quite a franchise, but it was. Uh, I think it did well. I think it did well enough in Melbourne. They thought, hey, you know, maybe Geelong would like their, you know, burgers and fries and old timey jukebox and whatnot and whatever. I remember Three I days went later. there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember I went there one time with a, with a friend of mine. We'd been out drinking all night, and then you know, they opened for breakfast or something. We grab, grabbed a traditional fifties greasy breakfast at Johnny mm. Rockets. But yeah, you're right. It didn't last too long. There's there's like a very um, like a variation on the theme in Melbourne called Soda Rock or Soda Pop or something along those lines that basically does the same thing. It's it's you know it's a burger restaurant or burgers and hot dogs and that kind of thing. It's um it's not bad, but I mean I don't know. I think you have to be a real aficionado or like fifties culture and fifties nostalgia and all that to to really get the most out of it. Even if it's not fifties, I feel like Geelong is just lacking that sort of diner. I mean, you got KCAF and things like that, but I want just. I want a diner that feels like an American diner. Well, Pistol Pete's maybe. Pistol Pete's is kind of close. Yeah, but even still, that's not open all hours of the night. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't oh, feel like, yeah. it, and, and it doesn't feel like a diner. I want you know, like that famous painting where it's sort of empty. It's the empty diner. That's Nighthawks. That's one of my favorite. Night, yes, yes, it's one of my I favorite want, paintings of all time. I want that in Geelong. <laughs> I think the closest you're going to get to that was when Texas Burgers was open twenty four hours. Seven days a week. It's not anymore, but um, it's, it's shut down for good now. What? Yeah, it's gone. It's closed. Oh, not, not oh, sorry off. until the, until the pandemic's over. Yeah, it's oh, closed. Well, oh man, hasn't been open for weeks. I used to get my souvlaki's from there. Big Mama Souvlaki was the best. Yeah, oh, yeah. Texas Burgers was the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, one month later in the Simpsons universe, um, they finally go to have dinner there, and it's funny because they sort of taken the piss out of the, out of like, oh, that sounds like a great place to go. We should go sometime. One month later, they eventually get to it. <laughs> yeah. So just just different gags. Like Lenny can't figure out which tort to go into, and Dennis the Menace, Jay North is there, and it's it's funny him meeting Bart because Bart is basically just Dennis the Menace. The menace. Yeah. <laughs> Plus they've got actual sort of. Actual fifty stuff on the menu, including like polio dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I know we all sort of look back at the fifties as this wonderful times. Like you still had polio. I like that grandpa's enjoying the car booth <laughs> with the steering wheel. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got the theme menu. 
Then they have their nightly dance contest. So I'm assuming this is why they went out of business because you can't be giving away Harley Davidsons every day of the week. Absolutely, Wolf Guy Jack. I mean, yeah, I think you shot your water a bit early there, but is everybody ready for our nightly dance contest? Dancing? Oh no, you're not getting me on that dance floor. Don't try and make me. If I have to get a divorce, I will. Our grand prize tonight is a vintage 1955 Harley Davidson motorcycle. <gasps> oh, oh, I need a dance partner. Uh, what about you? Okay, Daddy O. They actually turned out to be very accomplished swing dancers, the two of them. Although yeah. everyone on the floor seemed to be, you know, cutting a rug pretty well. I mean, uh, Apu and Manjula were very good. Uh, Chief Wiggum and Mrs. Wiggum. Uh, was it Principal Smith? Uh, sorry. Uh, I think Skinner was out there. Yeah, Skinner and uh, Mrs. Krabappel, I think. Yeah. Did I you notice I that? Him, I, th- I, I think, think I called him Principal Smithers, which I feel really bad about. <laughs> I think um, Apu and Manjula were um, wearing their outfits from their little they high were. school play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Homer wins because, uh, what, what's the guy's name? Johnny, uh, what was his name? The, Wolf, the host? Wolf Guy Jack. Wolf Guy Jack. He's never seen so much disregard for a wife's well-being. <laughs> <laughs> um, give, Homer wins the bike and then they go out of business three days later. Cuts to Homer, he has no idea how to ride the motorcycle, but continuously laughs at him. Just one of those things that just keeps dragging on. Didn't outstay its welcome. I did really like Homer's, will you teach me? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, this this moment, it resonated with me. I really, really dug it. And um, yeah, I'm just going to play the tune right now. You showed me everything, took me by the hand. Puppy dogs and Lincoln logs and castles made of sand. You gave me the courage to spread my newborn wings Spread mayonnaise and marmalade and other spreadable things So I guess you are my hero and there's something you should know I want to make it clear so I'm gonna sing it slow If you want a man and my father too I'd buy a diamond ring and then I'd marry you. Don't you just think that's sweet? It's a, it, it is a nice moment. I mean, look, it's a very cats in the cradle kind of thing. I think you're just looking forward to, you know, getting a little bicycle. Plonking Elliot Elli- teaching me how to ride it. <laughs> yeah, plonking Elliot on it and, you know, sending him around the block on his training wheels. And, you know, one day you'll take the training wheels off, Dad, and then you'll see him wobble off. And it's like, oh. It's that's just, my boy. <laughs> that's yes, exactly. It's it's just a perfect picture of fatherhood right there. Mrs. K has a hangover, so she's not going to be doing anything crazy in the in the classroom today. Homer drops off Bart with a motorcycle, which is not what Mrs. K wants. Basically, no. we just get different clips of Homer not abusing his power. He doesn't have any power, but just using his bike to get things that he wants, like ma- making the the church sermon end quicker and things like that. Which <laughs> I thought I thought they were hilarious. <laughs> I did like him. Yeah, remember to rebel against authority, kids. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then Skinner pipes up with, "No, nah, don't do that." <laughs> I did, and the the bike just idling next to the bed. Tune her out. Yeah. <laughs> Homer's then watching the Tuesday morning movie. I don't know why I got a kick out of that, but it just it's just hilarious that Homer. It's a work day, but it's clearly yeah, taking some time off work and you know, just <laughs> lazing around watching this shitty biker movie from the fifties or whatever. With uh, you know Jimmy getting all sort of surly because he's got his bike now and only salutes the flag with one finger. <laughs> That's pretty and, mad. Hober decides the life of hassling shopkeepers is for him. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's true. The next time you see, uh, next time you see him, he's out front of the uh, the Quickie Mart. He's uh, playing the old game of pitching pennies and uh, announcing that he and his buddies are rebels, not conformos. <laughs> that that pitching penny scene fucking got me, man. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Forget the pennies. Because <laughs> he's down he's like a thousand. He's down like a thousand dollars or something. Yeah, yeah. How can be down a thousand dollars and a poo chases him off with a broom? <laughs> <laughs> and did you notice that the um the final stance of that moment they look like the um what's that classic painting? Oh, uh, the painting's um, called American Gothic. Yes, Ameri- that's the one. Yeah, yeah. So they, they look like that. But just mm. before that moment, so we get them. Um, they've formed the uh, the gang um, with Lenny, Carl, and Mo. Flanders wants to join. They're not going to let him in until he mentions that he's got bumper pool. Now, what the yeah. fuck is bumper pool? Because I've never seen it before in my life. Nor have I. No, I mean look. There are, you know, sort of variations you can do with pool. There's like Kelly pool and all that kind of thing. Pool is good enough by itself. You know, you I don't, don't have to- I don't mind Kelly pool, but the only thing is if you're at a party and you've got like 10 people playing Kelly pool, if your ball gets hit in first, you don't even get a shot. And then you've got to wait for the whole game to finish before you actually get the chance to play. Yeah. Yeah. Just regular pool. But anyway. Yeah. 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 But still, just- but still, that's, it's, it's appealing enough to, uh, to Homer and pals that they would go down to the rumpus room. Um, yes. And hang out in, in Flanders' very sort of very square man cave. Yeah. Did you notice in the background too it has the um, Hang In There Kitty poster from when I Marge had, see that. was a pretzel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The first meeting of Hell Satan's is called to order. I move we reconsider our club name. Make it something a little less blasphemous. After all, <laughs> we don't want to go to hell. How about the devil's pals? <laughs> no. Or the Christ punches. The Christ... I don't think you understand my objection. I'm the president, and the decision is mine. Where hell's Satan's. Besides, I already made our club jacket. Ooh, machine wash warm. Tumble dry. Ooh la la. This next moment, <laughs> the hell Satan's on their on their well, like cruising through the streets. The oink 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 to Wiggum. Hilarious. We talked a bit about cycle slut before. I mean. Even calling cops pigs to their faces, like, mm, yeah, don't know. No, no, it's, 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 it's I mean, maybe just, I'm just too conservative, but I mean, it's like, no, I, I see people do it, and I'm just, that's the kind of person that complains about getting a speeding fine. I'm like, but you were speeding. Me did, yes. <laughs> you, you broke the law. Yeah. But I just love that. Weren't you, I thought you were the hell Satan's. Uh, uh, oink, oink, oink. <laughs> yeah, that last oink, oink, oink was pretty damn good. <laughs> Satan's, huh? I'm watching you, punks. Can't hassle us, pig. We're going to speed limit. Oink, oink, oink. Yeah, pig. <laughs> oink, oink, oink. <laughs> you'll make a mistake someday. And then you're going straight to juvie. You can lock us away, but you'll never defeat the Cobras. Cobras? I thought you were the house Satan's. Well, uh, oink, oink, oink. <laughs> So they're now published in the magazine. Carl looks great. You just can't take a bad photo of that guy. <laughs> I I really liked Mo's pose in that though, because I mean, yeah, just in the back, sort of looking all surly. It was great. It, it's just it reminded me of just like you know that you know band of uh, late teens who are like in a metal band. That's their oh, band yeah. photo where they're just trying to look tough. <laughs> <laughs> It's always like one guy looking away, one guy looking directly at the camera, very angrily, and yeah, very um, much so. But then we get the uh, the cycle slut scene. And I mean, Homer's justification makes sense. If you were awake, you would have said no. You can see the bind <laughs> that I'm in. <laughs> the 
this is where the real hell satans arrive and they just wreak havoc. We're the hell satans out of Bakersfield. You're the hell satans? What a fun coincidence. My gang's name is also the- Shut up! You stole our club name. According to our bylaws, we gotta stump you. Take off that jacket, man. Okay. Now, eat it. All right. Hey, hey! Chill with your mouth closed, please. Done. Okay, Meat Hook, I think you learned his lesson. Oh, man. Now you gotta eat that, too. Oh. You got anything else with our logo on it? Caps and frisbees, sir. You gotta eat them, too. And some pots. So then the Hell Satans have just basically taken over the house. They're crashing there for a while, and they have absolutely destroyed the joint, haven't they? They have indeed. There's one gentleman who is drinking out of a toilet, the toilet that he actually has ripped out of the wall. <laughs> yes. And I love the the leaking oil, but it's actually from the bikers' mouths. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Homer tries to call for the police, but as you mentioned earlier, let Michigan handle it, not interested at all. Yes, and, offers to yeah, try, tries to, you know, sort of seduce Wiggum by saying, but you have so much inner beauty. Yes. <laughs> Marge offers to cook because, you know, uh, Meat Hook, he's killed for waffles before and he'd love to have some more. He has They're literally all... killed for waffles. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, they are impressed with the food. And the... this is great. So, um, Henry Winkler as um, Ramrod, I, I I want this patch to go on my shirt. I tried spitting at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's just um, a nice lesson, though, that, you know, Marge's inherent good nature and friendliness and generosity sort of, you know, pays dividends. I mean... Yeah, it gets them out of the house. I mean, admittedly, they take her with them, but, uh, you know, it, it sort of it allows the bikers' best selves to emerge as well. Yeah, it brought out the good in them, yeah, 100%. Mm. Then the kids are bathing in the yard and we get that super creepy moment, like you said, with Todd, uh, Rod and Todd watching through the window. <laughs> <laughs> Homer's then bragging because the, the bikers are all gone. He thinks that he's the one who got rid of them, but it turns out they find a note on the back of his head and they realise that um, they have stolen Marge. P.S. We've taken your old lady. Yes. But it's it's all right. I mean... Um, They've taken have, her, but... The, the, uh, yeah, oh, un- I, under different circumstances, you might have feared for Marge's safety. But uh, as, as Meathook points out, none of us find you sexually attractive. Could you at least tell me what you're planning to do with me? Oh, don't worry. You're completely safe. None of us find you sexually attractive. None of you? Really? I could have sworn that Ramrod... Hmm. Well, did you see that picture of me and... And you still don't? Sorry. Hmm. Well, good, I guess. I really thought that that was hilarious. It was a really <laughs> interesting take that you don't actually see all that often. True. Like, like, like we, we don't find you attractive. Really? No? <laughs> and Marge's response of, it's good, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Except they wanted to take it to an orgy. Oh yeah, good point. Well, now, that, that's that's the one line I feel like this episode could have done without. Maybe, but um, because I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here and assume that by the time was it was it in San Bernardino or or wherever that the, the, the orgy South was. Dakota. Uh, I thought that was the jamboree. Oh, it was jamboree. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think it might have been in in. San Bernardino or something like that. It's like, 
I, get, I think the bikers are assuming that by the time they get there and Marge has spent a bit of time with them and got to know them, she'll be all in. She'll be like, <laughs> eh, yeah. <laughs> it's the lifestyle. It's the culture. Homer's suggested the kids to contact Korean love brides in case Marge doesn't come back. Because <laughs> he then just doesn't our, want to be lonely. <laughs> then we get our Papa Wheelies. Uh, this was also fucking amazing comedy timing. So Homer <laughs> gets you know thrown out. Um, tries to go back in there, cuts to him, just passed outside again. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the saying out at the front, ladies puke free. Yes. <laughs> you know, there's more to life than boozing and roughhousing. Huh? Haven't any of you ever had a dream? Yeah, I had a dream. I was in this beautiful garden, pounding the crap out of a shopkeeper. Then... No, no, I mean the dream of a good job, a loving family, and a home in the suburbs. Oh, man. To get all that, you'd have to kill, like, 50 people. No, you don't have to kill anyone. Not if you have jobs. And the first step is an eye-catching resume. No, I believe it's pronounced resume. Actually, both are acceptable. They're at the petrol station, and the clerk gives the exact location of where they could be. Sorry, I can't be of more help. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, But, yeah, Marge is just having, as you said, a positive impact. She's teaching them all good habits, and... Just yeah, just bringing out the good in all of them. They've they're, they're going to apply for jobs and they're not um they're not angry anymore and they're, they're being renouncing polite. violence and then Homer you know brings it up violence for everyone. Yes, and tries to start a fight, but Meathook doesn't want to fight back at first. He asks what we can do, but um <laughs> nope, it's all too late. It's it, it's on. Also, but has one of my favourite lines that I actually did remember. I didn't remember a lot about this episode before rewatching it, but I always remembered my wife is not a doobie to be passed around. I promised on our wedding day I would bogart her forever. <laughs> it's a nice <laughs> bit of drug slang. Um, but I just like my wife is not a doobie to be passed around. <laughs> I mean, it's time for the circle of death. Not as dangerous as it sounds, really. <laughs> not really. It's just a bunch of dudes standing around while you fight. It's pretty I guess much, you, you know. I guess if you're fighting to the death, I guess that is kind of dangerous. So. True. But it's pretty much just a schoolyard stoush, you know, because you yes. always had, you know, people standing, go on, punch him. But um, yeah, they, they fight with the motorcycles. As I mentioned um, at the end of last week's show, our good friend Matt Schofield, who I was actually talking to last night, one of the animators at The Simpsons, this was the first scene that he ever animated. And yeah, he's still working on the show. He was telling me that um, he wants to come on the show ASAP and talk about what it's like working remotely. Fantastic. He, he says that basically things aren't all that different really. He goes, the only real difference is that they now have to do their meetings via Skype or whatnot when normally it'd be in person. But he goes, because it's all digital now, most of the work was not done from home, but it was all done on their computer. So he goes, when it comes to the workload, nothing's really changed. It's just the social interacting that's changed. Yeah. Well, it's nice work from that. I mean, that, that whole fight where they sort of go up the steps and you can see their shadows on the wall. When I was watching, I was going, that seems a bit familiar. It seems like something out of an old movie that I'd seen. I mean, it it looked too deliberate to sort of be just a thing. It's like that's a tribute to something, and then Return of the Jedi. <laughs> no, it actually turned out to be like oh, a predated uh, Return of the Jedi by about fifty years. It's from an old Errol Flynn movie called The Adventures of Robin Hood. Of um, course, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which uh, luckily uh, Wikipedia then confirmed. So yeah, but nice work from that. I mean, it's it. He clearly wanted to show that. No, I'm not just here to. You know, you know, make two plus two equal four. I'm here to add a little art to the to the process. Marge is a good little ringside manager. She throws in the extra. What is she? Does she throw an extra bike or something? She or throws she... him a bike. Throws him a replacement bike. <laughs> um. So Homer eventually wins. Give me back my wife. Okay, okay, you win. 
I don't blame you for wanting her back so bad. A woman like that only comes along every couple of miles. Aww. Hey, can we at least keep her till the orgy in San Berdu? What do you say, honey? No. No dice. Another one of my, fa- it's just one of my favorite sayings on The Simpsons is used it a bit, but just anytime you want to disagree with something, no dice. No dice. <laughs> Uh, I also did like when they were all saying farewell at the end. I mean, you know, sort of no hard feelings. And um, uh, Henry Winkler's ramrod uh, refers to Marge as Mrs. S, the way he used to he used to call uh, Mrs. Cunningham Mrs. C when he was went back in his Fonzie days. Oh yeah, I didn't even pick up on that. Good observation, sir. Um, so they, as you said, they all say their goodbyes, and then the episode ends with Homer. With some unfinished business, stealing the keg from Papa Willie's. <laughs> <laughs> and we close it over the credits with uh, actual footage of NRBQ doing their version of the Simpsons theme. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was a really fun episode. One I don't think many people have actually watched for quite a long time, if you judge by the responses in the um, in the Facebook group. So, yeah, this, is, this episode doesn't get the credit it deserves. John Goodman and Henry Winkle were both fantastic in their roles, brought something really fresh to the characters. It sort of went... Henry Winkle in particular was playing something you wouldn't expect him to play, you know? Mm. This is pretty much as close as the normal Homer is going to get, I think, in season 11. And yeah, overall, it's just, yeah, a solid episode. I had a few good laughs, and that's, hey, basically what you want out of life these days. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Guy Davis? Um... Be very careful when choosing a name of your club. I mean, or, <laughs> or or anything. I mean, I'm one of these people when it comes to sort of creative endeavors. I tend to, you know, start with the title and then reverse engineer from that. It's like, hmm, if I'm writing a book, I think that would look good on the cover. And then, you know, you sort of then you write the book to suit the title. It's not it's not a a good way of doing it. That's why I've never written a whole book. Um, but uh, yes, just be very very careful when choosing a name. Otherwise, you might be forced to eat a whole bunch of frisbees and pogs. You should have seen what happened when that other Four Finger Discount podcast got in contact with us. What? It was on. Oh, my God. Those guys are history now. (laughs) What did you learn, sir? I learned that um, if you find a good woman, you must certainly hang on to her because they only come along every few miles. (laughs) They do indeed. (laughs) It's the patron mailbag time. Patron mailbag for this week. We're going to kick off with Alistair Danik. And he says, what would you name your motorcycle gang? It depends what, what angle you're going with. Are you going for something? It's, it's, I guess it's got to at least imply that you're tough. What have we got in Geelong? The Rebels? Did we have the Comancheros down here or the Banditos? Banditos, that's the one. Banditos, yeah. yeah. Have I ever told you my motorcycle gang story? No. Please do tell. Okay. I don't know how much time we've got, but I mean, I'll try to keep it relatively brief. I don't know. We'll sit, we'll, 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 all the listeners just went, oh, this isn't interesting. Okay. I'm going to sit back and get, sit, sit back, children, nestle in, room for a story. Okay, then. Um, I was once married to a very nice woman. Um, unfortunately, things didn't work out. She got stolen uh, by a motorcycle gang. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm getting to that. <laughs> but we went our separate <laughs> ways, but we remained friends. Uh, she moved into state, she remarried. And because, you know, we're still friendly, I went up to visit her and, you know, this was the first time I was going to be meeting her new, uh, her new man. So, got there and one of his friends was there and this guy occasionally worked in the mines, but he also occasionally rode with the Outlaws, an actual mm. motorcycle club. Uh, so, he was there and you know, we went out for dinner, we had a couple of drinks, then we went to a bar and we had a few more drinks. And, you know... The conversation was initially kind of a little. We're all sort of working each other out here, but you know, was he as, was he there for the intimidation factor? 
Well, I think he had he hadn't been in town for a while, and he wanted to catch up with um, with his mate. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, continue. Yeah. Anyway, so as alcohol is wont to do, we loosened up a bit, and I don't know we all started getting along famously. You know, my ex-wife's new partner sort of pulled me aside a little later in the evening. And said, "Look, I was a little reluctant. I, I was a little sort of skeptical about meeting you, but you know." Lib wanted to do it, and I'm really glad that we did, actually. I mean, you know, I can see why, you know, she wants you to be still part of her life and all that kind of business, and I'm happy for that. I'm like, well, I'm, look, it's a great pleasure to meet you. I'm, I'm, I can see that you two are good for each other, all that kind of stuff. I'm so excited to see where this is going. Anyway, <laughs> then we're talking more. I'm talking more and more with his mate. We're drinking more and more. Yeah. And um, I'm hearing a lot of stories about the outlaws. And... Um, <laughs> All this kind of stuff. He actually showed me his uh, his, which means that he's. I think he's done some time and he's he's fairly sort of high up in the. Um, I don't know if I should be telling this story. I'm probably getting in trouble for it. Um, <laughs> Maybe I'll censor out the. the, the yeah, the, yeah, but uh, I was told later he's like, he doesn't he doesn't show that to everybody. <laughs> you know, you're pretty lucky to have seen that, and yeah. By the end of the night, I mean, I well, he said, "You're a writer, right? We should." We should write a book. We should write a book together. <laughs> he was a top guy, and under different circumstances, I would, but I'd actually read the book Hell's Angels by Hunter S. Thompson, which ends with Hunter S. Thompson getting the crap kicked out of him by the Hell's Angels. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be doing that. You strike me as a good bloke, and it's been a great time talking with you, but um, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but yeah. apparently I also found out later that the, the bikey had come along and said to my ex's new man, do you want, do you want me to sort this guy out? <laughs> and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. So, so- but, 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 I won it, but I apparently won him over. And look, we, we won, each over, won each other over. He was a, he was a really nice guy. But yeah, did, you I mean, ever, did, did you ever at any point feel like you were potentially in danger? Not really, no. I mean, look, maybe I'm just foolish. Maybe I'm just uh, you know, someone who sort of, you know, sees the upside in everything. But, I mean, no, I, I never felt kind of like, oh, this could go, you know, this could go south fairly quickly. I, mean, I can't I never- see how anyone could possibly want to hurt you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are, there are plenty of people out there who would. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so, but yeah, that's my, that's my biker story. <laughs> well, my, I've kind of got a biker story, which is nowhere near to that extent, but... So I was good friends. I won't say her name, but I was good friends with someone, a, a girl. I wasn't dating or anything. I was just really good friends of her. Her name started yeah. with M. Um, Nicholas met her. We've, we've spoken to her since. But mm-hmm. she lives in, for local people, she lives in a little area called Whittington. Ooh. <laughs> in a place called Solar Drive. Ooh. <laughs> and I was out there visiting her. One Friday night after work, I used to knock off late afternoon shift, so it was like you know twelve thirty at night, one yeah. in the morning. For for our, we- for our non Geelong listeners, let's just point out this is the wrong side of the wrong side <laughs> of the tracks for Dando especially. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out there, and um, I had no idea she had any affili- affiliation to any bikey gangs or anything like that. So I'm just out there and we're just sitting in the lounge room. It was just us two home. None of her parents were there. Whatnot. We're just watching TV. We'd ordered a pizza from KCAF. Mm. And um, then these three bikies arrive and just like burst through the front door. And this girl doesn't even like bat an eyelid. And I'm just like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> and this guy just goes, 
he says her name and goes, who the fuck is this guy? And she goes, I oh, don't worry about it. It's just Dando. And he goes, what are you fucking doing in my fucking house? And I, I immediately thought I was going to die. I, 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 oh, I just, my God. I thought I, I, thought I was going to die. The, the, the two other guys were standing behind him like, we're ready to just beat the shit out of this kid. He is the leader, I'm going to censor out the name, of the bikey gang, her father. Holy moly. Yeah, so I- her father um, went nuts, but he apparently does this to take the piss out of any new friends that she has. Oh, so he, had no he, pulled, intention- he pulled the so bad he- boys on you. He oh. did. He he he. he uh, so he's just like, get here, you dickhead. And I grabbed my head and like scuffed my hair. And he's like, don't be a dickhead. You're fine. If, if you're friends, of, if you're friends of her, you're friends of me. My God, though, I thought I was going to die. I legitimately thought I was dead. <laughs> oh, that story is much better than mine. That's red. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just so now I'm at least friends with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, yeah, there was just something about three. Three bikes rocking up, bursting through the front door, and then asking what the fuck I'm doing in the house. I thought it was all over Red Rover. Oh, bet. Um, <laughs> now, this is, I think these stories have been a very entertaining way from diverting away from Alice's question, which was what we, what we name our motorcycle gang. I had no idea. I can't really think of anything. Uh, well, let's just move on. Those stories more than make up for not having an answer. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the Ghost Riders. I don't know. I like the sound of that. Um, here we or go. The, Maver- De- the Mavericks. How about the Mavericks? Yeah, the Mavericks, yeah. Noah Daniel says, what celebrities would you like to have in your biker gang? I feel like Nicolas Cage would be a loose cannon. I feel like he's the Mo. He's the guy who, he he doesn't seem like he's big and tough, but when it comes down to killing some people, he's down for it. Oh, yeah. I think he'd definitely be a Christ puncher. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Um, Look, we, we talked a little smack about Mickey Rourke earlier, but actually I think I'd be keen to ride with him i think he'd be i think he'd be good times i think he'd have some interesting stories yeah definitely I'm trying to think who's someone that you they've got to be tough though don't they well do that's the thing i mean or, 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 do you, gotta, or, do want, or do you want some comic relief in your gang <laughs> i think i'd probably be the comic relief in the gang so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well that's the thing i mean i can't i'm trying to think of uh you know celebs who are who are also bikers now i mean it used to be a, a huge thing 1992 arnie would be pretty good he was. He was always, yeah, you know, tooling around at a Harley as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next question. Harry Leach says, "What time period would you like to see a nostalgic restaurant based on?" I think most people would just answer this from the era in which they grew up in. But I, I think not so much a restaurant, but I would love a like an eighties, nineties style arcade. That would be good, and I think they've actually done that somewhere in in. Oh no, not an arcade, but. Uh, I think they turned like the hamburger restaurant Royal Stacks in Melbourne into like a blockbuster video. No shit, really? Yeah, yeah. What? What now? I think so. I mean, yeah, yeah. You get on Google, type in Royal Stacks blockbuster, and I'm pretty sure you'll find that they've done that. I'm going to check that out right now while you continue. Yeah. Um, what, what would you like? I'm, well, it's like Captain America said in Winter Soldier. I mean, I don't know. Food's a lot better now. We used to boil everything, and it's true. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking about stuff that I had growing up in the 70s and 80s, like, you know, I think we sort of got, we went, started moving ahead in leaps and bounds with good food, probably from the 90s onwards. Yeah. So I, you reckon I, the, the, the food revolution was the 90s? I reckon so. Yeah. It's, it's when the world got fatter. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's when, it's when people like Michael Jordan were endorsing fucking McDonald's. <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, and we'll go one more question here. One more question. What have we got? I've I've got one. If you want, all right, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Our, our pal Scott Keogh, top of the le- well, not top of the leaderboard, but certainly winner of this top round. of this week's. Yeah, yes, He's this indeed. week's winner. Yes, he said, "What would you name a fifty nostalgia fifties nostalgia cafe?" Um, I don't know if it's so much a cafe, but I'd like to call 
I'd have a 50s night spot called Revel Without a Pause. Re- what would you call it? Revel Without a what? Revel. Not yeah. Rebel. Revel Without yeah. a Pause. <laughs> so you'd just be reveling all the time. You you love your puns. It's amazing. I love to pun. <laughs> I love to there's pun. There's not much more pun. I love, to, I love to pun Guy Davis. <laughs> no, yes. There's not much more fun than a pun. Oh, that is so great. I love to pun. That's, I'm going I'm to put that on a shirt. Listeners, that's going to be our new shirt. No, there'll be pun pals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You've just designed our new shirt, the pun <laughs> Maybe Maybe the winner of the new name contest can be one of the four pun pals. I think it should be. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to our review of Take My Wife Sleeves. It's been a hell of a good time. I thought this was a really fun episode, both to watch and to review. Indeed. I think we did, uh, I think we did pretty well. Hope you guys... And gals have enjoyed listening to it. Yes, and um, thank you so much to everyone who uh, took the time to rate and review us in the iTunes store this week, um, giving us five stars, a little review. Much, much appreciated. Also, thanks to um, to everyone who's jumped on board the uh, the Patreon bandwagon and get their access to a bunch of exclusive content where you can be a season ahead with Talking Seinfeld and you get our Take It Like a Mandalorian podcast, Tales of Futurama, um, the Guy and Dando show, which, which airs every single week as well. Plenty of exclusive podcasts on patreon.com slash four-finger discount. Now, next week, we are going to be reviewing. I'm just going onto the Wikipedia page to find out right mm-hmm. now. Next week is Grift of the Magi. I believe this may be the Funzo episode. It's a Christmas episode, if I recall correctly. I'm really looking forward to doing that one as well. But uh, until then, I am Dando signing off with Mr. Davis. I believe he may or may not have some final words for the listeners. Oh, my final words are, well, first of all, goodbye. And secondly, uh, see you all at the Orgy at San Bedino. Shh.